This episode is brought to you by Factor Meals. It certainly is because eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. If you're somebody like me who cannot cook to save their little lives, it's a game changer. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to eat in, wait for it, just two minutes. Plus, you'll have over 35 options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. You can pick from two minute meals where you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. With pancakes, smoothies, and more, discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And Factor Meals are ready to heat and eat. They're ready. There's no prepping. There's no cooking. There's no chopping up veggies. None of that stuff. If you're like me and you're busy, whack on a podcast, whack these in, and they're ready to go. Nothing for you to do. No cleanup either. And the great thing is it's flexible for your schedule. So you can get as much or as little as you need when choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime if anything changes. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. So sign up and save. Factor is less expensive than takeaway and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. So head to factormeals.com slash TWTW50 and use code TWTW50 to get 50% off. That's code TWTW50 at factormeals.com slash TWTW50 to get 50% off. Hello, I'm Grongy Maguire and this is Chantelle Viducin Pate. Hello. bonded over our love of reminiscing about weird celebrity couples. The ones no one would believe happened if Google wasn't there to back it up. We want you to join us as we remember when love was young, times were simpler, and we really thought that Angelina and Billy Bob Thornton were going to make it. Every week we're joined by a celebrity guest to discuss the showbiz romance they never got over. So take our hand and stroll down memory lane with us as we remember the, the way, way they were. Hi Chantel. Hi Grania. How are you? Hi. I'm very happy. I've got a little treat and a surprise for you. You don't know about this. I don't. What is it? We have a new iTunes review. <gasps> oh heavenly. I had no idea. When did this angel give us the review well, this year? So Chantel doesn't have an iPhone. She's one of these hipsters with her Android. So I'm the I one. I have an iPhone. I don't know what you're talking oh, about. I have an iPhone. <laughs> I've had an iPhone since they came out. I've never, I will never not have an iPhone. But I like you thinking that I'm cool. I am cool. But um, the truly cool remain having iPhones. Yeah, I've always had but an iPhone. But do you, you don't listen on iTunes. But I do not use iTunes. That's correct. You are right about that. I do not use okay. iTunes. Even though all of you should at least give us reviews on there. But don't you ever think of me as a green Android person? Oh, I would never. No way. That's for dorks. Anyways, go on. Uh, when you assume something, you make an ass out for yourself. Isn't that what they say? It's true. It's true. Uh, well, we got a very lovely review from... I'm so excited. Yes, it's okay. From Charith Cute Story 23 uh, They're a big fan of the podcast. They say we clearly care about the topic. It's very true, we do. We do. We have strong feelings. Oh my God. I feel like one day, Grania and I are going to have a massive falling out over a celebrity couple. We really, I think it'll, it's some, Angelina Jolie will be involved. She will rip us apart. It'll be involved. Like she did Brad think, and Jen. So she has some, or they, we don't know, they have some suggestions for couples. Love it. Gwen Stefani and Gavin Rosdale. That is a very, well, I've, ha I've had personal requests for that in my personal oh. Instagram and on the, the way they were Instagram. That is a very big one. Future guests, please, someone pick them. Uh, this is a juicy, juicy one and will be a real deep cut. Val Kilmer okay. and Joanne Wally. Ooh, that is a good one. So That's good. deep. Yeah, she was so beautiful. She was in this film Scandal. And she's like she's she looks like one of these sort of sixties dolly birds, and she was like gorgeous and like the next big thing. I think she got involved with Val Kilmer, and 
It's always the way, isn't it? And then <laughs> once you go Val, you just don't do anything. <laughs> and then uh, the third one they suggested was Dory and Andre Previn. And that could be a crossover because then he got together with Mia Farrow. Yes. Okay. That's Andre Previn. Yes. Oh my God. These are really good. She's really traversed like six, six decades here. Like I'm very impressed. Or they have. They sorry. are not messing about. Charith, cute story, 23. Charith. Oh, sorry. Oh, Lorna. Okay, so- she signs off as Lorna. Sorry. She, thank you, Lorna. Well, thank you, Lorna. You have really, really thought this through and I'm very, very impressed. Was it a 2023 review as well? Is that our first review of the year? It's our first review of the year, guys. (gasps) Love it. First of many. I was actually going to use this time to say to everyone, can you please, now is the time. Get on there rating us. Get on there. If you haven't done it already, it takes it takes but a few seconds. I've done it for my favorite podcast. I don't even use iTunes and I've done it. Give us a star rating. Unless it's under five, then don't bother. Don't bother. <laughs> Send us like, it's, it could be like a little Valentine's card to us. That'd be great for Valentine's. It's coming up. We could, I could really do it. That'd be wonderful. Well, speaking of sweethearts, we oh, have one on the podcast today. We do indeed. She, is, she has an incredible couple that I don't think the world appreciated at the time. And I'm not even sure they're ready for right now, to be honest. Uh, she is an incredible <laughs> comedian, presenter, musician. She is, quite frankly, what we call in the biz, annoyingly talented. Uh, that I've been told by our producer that her sound gets a little bit choppy, but you know what that means. Producer, the sound is a bit choppy, is everybody else's. Oh, their voice sounds huskier than normal. So don't worry about it, in other words. It is the incredible... Vicky Stone. The, the way, way they were. Hi, Vicky. Hi. Hi, Vicky. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. You, because you were one of the most like I think you, you're very showbiz. You're very glamorous. So you're bringing like a bit of West End glitter to our little podcast. We're so very odd. grateful. I mean, I'm, I'm not particularly glamorous right now. Uh, I'm still in my PE kit as a as I record this podcast. <laughs> well, your skin I, is your skin is glowing. So that explains, yeah, yeah. That explains the the glow. Of it the does. PE. I'm just sweaty. I'm basically sweaty. That's <laughs> right, that's what's looks, going on here. It looks good. I'm jealous. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> We're a very romantic podcast. Do you consider yourself a romantic? Um, this is going to sound quite unromantic, but I can be romantic when I've got the time. If I haven't got the time, no, 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 thanks. Not got time for this. So yeah, yeah, romance is fine if if there's plenty of diary space. Bite-sized romance. That's what that's what Vic is yeah, going scheduled, for. Scheduled, scheduled romance is fine. <laughs> that's the, that says more romance like a schedule. Look at it in the calendar. I'm with you. Diary dependent passion yeah. and yeah. romance. Yeah, that's fine. At least there's some. But you're a busy person. You know, we don't have time to sort of sit around on chaise lounges, you know, whispering sweet nothings. You've got musicals to write. You've got, you know, shows to host. I've got quite, um, my, my husband, I've got quite a funny story, just very brief, about, uh, about chaise long. My husband, there's a, there's a lovely bakery up the road from us. So my husband comes, comes wafting, this is quite romantic actually. He comes wafting in with a sausage roll, in a, a vegan sausage roll in a, in a paper bag. And he goes, he's very northern, he goes, hey, guess what? I've got you a chaise long. And he's waggling this sausage roll in a bag. And I'm like, chaise long? Do you mean a mousse bouche? Have you just like randomly? <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he was, the word he was reaching for was a mousse bouche, which is far too, which is the wrong word for a sausage roll anyway. Yeah, neither works. But, yeah, exactly. But he's like, I've got a chaise long. And, and just waggles this sausage roll at me. And I'm like, what? What? So that's that, that's a, that's a good gauge of romance in our house. I can see why you keep the romance brief. <laughs> it's better. Yeah. Brevity that, is the soul of wit. Great stuff. That is romantic, though. I think it that is. is very romantic. A it vegan is. Greg's pasty when you aren't expecting it. Yeah. That is romance. That's yeah. romance. That's and, better and, than a box of chocolates any day. Yeah, 100%. So you've picked a truly iconic couple. Uh, and once again, Chantelle does not yet know the joy that we are in for, but I have provided a few clues. So I can tell you that Vicky's couple got together in the golden year of 1981. To set the scene, this is the year the world meets Indiana Jones for the first time. Charles and Diana get married. And we have the first London Marathon. 
but that's Ooh. not all that was happening that year because a pair of lovebirds couldn't mask their feelings for each other. But they discovered some aspects of love can go from soprano to sopran. Uh-oh. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Ma- okay, so it's got to be... Okay, mask, soprano, we're talking like, is it Phantom of the Opera vibes? Is something about that? Is it like a musical situation? But, oh, you are not in my wheelhouse if it is. Because I'm going to be a very quiet person this episode. Who is this? Wait, no, who's in Phantom of the Opera? Okay, it's it's someone British, definitely, correct? I love this as like a beautiful mind, but instead of maths, it's celebrity romance. Okay, it's someone British who was in Phantom of the Opera, but isn't Michael Ball gay? So it's it, is it Michael Ball? Is so it him? He he wasn't in the first Phantom of the Opera. I'm trying to think of British. No. I'm trying to think of British Michael theater Crawford. people. Yeah, Michael Crawford was in Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I had the first name. I was getting there. Yeah, close. So he's British theater folk musical. 80s England when I wasn't here by the way or yeah. paying attention to the scene very much I'll be honest um, I don't know I think you've stumped me I'm completely out do I okay. know do I definitely know who they are well yeah, if you yeah, don't yeah. you're in for such a treat I'm, in, I'm in interested either way so... I'm intrigued Vicky do you want to tell Chantel who your couple is yeah it's Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber and okay. Sarah Brightman uh, I do know them okay I had no idea they were a couple great oh, <laughs> absolutely no idea not? No, those are not people that register. I know exactly who they are. So I'm very excited. These are the only 80s Andrew and Sarah royal couple that I recognize. Sarah, well well done, Grania. You've been waiting so long to say that, haven't you? Since you've heard about this couple, you've had that joke just waiting, (laughs) waiting to come out. I'm so excited. I do know who they are, though. Yes, this is great. So and I'm Vicky, new to this. I'm excited. This Let's is go. this is a joy. Vicky, can you so first of all where to even begin? What was it about this couple that you were like, I am interested in figuring out what happened with these crazy cats? Oh well, nice. I mean, nice. There's gonna be a lot of that this week, isn't there, Grania? <laughs> it's very good. Very good. Uh, I well, uh, this is a this is a I'm gonna start with a revelation. I've been to Andrew Redweber's house. I was gonna <gasps> ask how well do you know these two? That was my first question. I've been to his house, I've seen where the man lives, and okay. his current wife, uh, I think he's still his current wife, is horsey. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so his house has got like loads of beautiful horses around and then loads of musical stuff. So, and there's, there's some fairly strange things about his house. Um, I did a show there. He's got a, a church on his property, which I think he had moved from the village, which, you know, as you do. Um, but there's a church on his premises, which is the theatre where he uh, certainly used to try out shows. Um, and we did a show in, in this theatre on his property and we were allowed to, like, have a nose about. Not massively nosing, like, properly nosing, but went inside a few rooms. That wow. We were in. Went inside a pool house that had swimming costumes in every size ready to go. I thought that was odd. But I think oh my I... God. Yeah, I, I think I, I chose him. It, that, there was a sort of toilet room that had all the awards. Everyone back then, it's probably about 2007 that went to his house. Yeah. Of course the Oscars in the toilet. Oh, my God. God. That feels like he heard someone say that on an award, like on an interview yeah, yeah. show. He heard Mel Streep say, "Oh, mine's in the toilet." And he thought, "Oh, that's where you put them." And then he deliberately put them all in the toilet, kind of yeah. missing the point I mean, of that anecdote, being like, "I didn't care where they were. You're not, you're not meant to actively make a point to put every single one in the toilet." I mean, <laughs> I, do, I, do, I do, I do, I do want to say that this toilet was as large as a flat. That's a face the purpose in, like, of doing an that. This cupboard, <laughs> yeah. busting, with, busting with awards. <laughs> He's not got like glue roll on top of the Oscar. Or like that. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like a suite. I would say it's a toilet suite if I had to give it a name. And were you sort of thinking, well, I've been in this man's house. Yeah. I wonder what he's like as a husband. Yeah, I think so. Because obviously you sort of see the... I didn't know about his current wife and the horses, yeah. but I did know about his relationship with Sarah Brightman. So yeah. I think it's interesting to know, you know, how, how why that collapsed. And also, uh, my husband is in the business. Um, you know, I'm married to somebody that's... I, I don't think I could marry a civilian. I, I couldn't, yeah. you know, I, I had to be with a show business person. So it does make oh. a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, like showbiz relationships do make sense. But equally, I think that they can crash and burn as well quite easily. They so can. 
Let's find and out. And what was was aren't you was he like a good host? What what's his hosting style? Uh, well, actually, it was absent. It was like he didn't. I, I, I've only ever met him very very briefly. It was we were looked after by other people, if I'm honest. You know, mm. so it was just n- nosing around his house without really. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. That's even yeah. better. Yeah. That's the best way to do it. Yeah, like I've, I've spent I've spent a long time in his toilet suite, but no time with him. Um... <laughs> show me a man's toilet. Show me a man's soul. That's, That's what right. I say. Exactly. Exactly. Well, so there, there's so much to get through. But before we go any further. I can almost sense our listeners' frustration because they're going, yeah, enough about this nonsense. What about their star signs? So I can tell you, (laughs) Andrew Lloyd Webber, born March 22nd, he's an Aries king. He is an Aries king. Mm -hmm. Sarah Brightman, 14th of August, no surprise here, she is a Leo baby. So... Vicky, from the stars above, what percentage chance do you think an Aries and a Leo have when it comes to a relationship? Well, let's look at this one. I'm going to say 4%. Okay, 4%. Okay. Straight in. Goodness. She's got low. I'm really intrigued to find out quite what happened here with these two. (laughs) This is a really bad vibe so far. Um, I'm going to say, um, I don't think we've had an Aries and a Leo. This is a really odd mix for us. So I'm going to go wackadoo and just say 88% for fun. Well, so according to the astrological planets that determine all our lives, they say this is such a warm and passionate connection in which sparks fly around all the time. They both have extremely strong personalities. They could fight and make up all the time. They have a sexual connection that cannot be interrupted, changed or faded through time since they are both individual sources of energy waiting for someone to follow. 90 percent oh my god i was close i went for it good one geez these guys were meant to be in it forever fiery 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 babies so a little bit of a backstory on each of our romantic leads before they get to meet each other so andrew was born in kensington he's the son of a composer and he's a nepo baby He's a nepo baby. baby. He's a nepo baby, right? (laughs) He says that this is what Andrew said about his parents. Mum was determined that I should be a prodigy in something or other. So that that worked. Pushy parents. So he started working on music at a very young age. When he was fifteen, he worked on his very first musical, and it was about the humanitarian works of Genghis Khan. Light. Fancy. I'm surprised that didn't go anywhere. Okay. Then he, when he was 17, he started studying at Westminster School. He studied history for a term at Magdalen College, Oxford, before he abandoned this to study at the Royal College of Music and pursue his interest in musical theatre. How do you imagine teenage Andrew? Do you think he was popular with the gals? I don't know. The thing that fascinates me about Andrew Lloyd and he, he must be, in some way, really clever about contracts. And this is going to sound really odd. But Andrew, uh, in, the mu- in a musical, he only writes the melody. He doesn't write the lyrics. And he, he just writes what's called the top line. He writes the melody. Now, these melodies are brilliant, but there's a lot of other shit going on in a show. So mm-hmm. how Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats, yeah. when actually most of Cats, is written by other people. And so oh, how contractually, wow. how his name is above the title has got to, and from such an early age, mm. is a piece of contractual genius. Did he minor in business? I, don't, I, think, he, I think he must. because, because He must it, have. In order nowadays for your name to be above the title. You look at like Lin-Manuel Lin- Miranda. Yeah, you've got to do it all. Lin is in Hamilton. He's written all the lyrics. He's written all the music. He's playing yeah. all the instruments. You know, like Lin is, Lin is doing everything humanly possible in Hamilton. And it, his name isn't above the title, but you do know that he's written it. But Andrew's mm-hmm. is above the title, which is just a piece of marketing genius. He really got that determination from his mom in Randall. Yeah. He's just, no matter what, I'm going to make it so that I'm the one in charge yeah. here. Yeah. This is a lot about his personality already. I'm getting a very I, good I, idea of who I he is. Does. I mean, I, I am, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it because, you know, his tunes are amazing. But yeah, that's, that, that is a, that's that a is, legal Yeah, that's mastery. wild. Yeah. yeah. So he has his first sort of big romance relatively early and he talks about in his book 
unmasked. He said, I had met my first wife, Sarah. So he's going to type, guys. <laughs> it's very weird. They have, well, it's weird if people do that. <laughs> it's, it's just weird if you have two people with the same name. At least you're not so, going to shout out the wrong one. <laughs> he said, I met my first wife, Sarah, at a party thrown by a friend in Oxford. I was only 21 and she was even younger. A slip of a 16-year-old schoolgirl. Yes. <laughs> so he oh, said, great, I great start. Ha- <laughs> <laughs> so he's 21, so he's 16. He said, I had the cash to buy a smart BMW. So as an unofficial engagement present to Sarah, Sarah, I gave her my old mini, which she promptly drove into the back of a lorry on Earl's Court Road. Wow. So how, so they got... So they got married and everything. How old was she when they got married? So, well, we'll get to this. Okay, so sorry. I just thought it was interesting that he just gave her gave his her a car. car. His yeah. old car. Which strikes <laughs> me a weird. business mind. A business mind. Very so our, our wedding service was simple and beautiful, despite the fact I managed to spill champagne all over her wedding dress. Sarah glowed with incandescent triumph. We were insanely in love and we drove away from the reception to great cheers from the guests. It was only halfway into our honeymoon that I noticed Sarah was crying. I pulled the car over and took her in my arms as the reality of what I had done hit me. I had taken a girl, barely age 18, straight out of school and propelled her away from her family into a new life that happened to include being the wife of the composer of the first British musical to premiere on Broadway. A debut that was now just weeks away. Can I just... Grania, I think I'm getting very big David Copperfield vibes here. <laughs> He's got a very familiar way of talking about his relationships, which is by always shoehorning in some promo for his shows coming up. <laughs> also, the way he said incandescent triumph of the bride, that is a really bizarre way to describe a bride. Incandescent triumph, like she'd won something and the prize was Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh my God. Oh my God. Wow, this is so Vicky, you've worked with a lot of is this common amongst like me, male musical in inverted geniuses? Are you asking that... me if I know any composers that's ma- that have married a child? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like whisk someone out of sixth form. Yeah. <laughs> and then on the honeymoon going, Oh shucks, Gone. I forgot you're on oh, no. little. Are you crying? Oh <laughs> God, blank blinking heck. I mean, I mean, you know, it's legal, isn't it? She's 16, he's 21. Different times, I guess. Yeah. I mean, what, what year are we talking then? That must be the 70s So this is late 70s, late, late 70s. 70s. Late 70s. Hmm. So oh he's God. now a successful composer, as he might have hinted at when talking <laughs> about his, his first marriage. But he said, you know, they were very happily married. Unfortunately, career opportunities weren't the only opportunities I grasped. Whatever else money can buy, it can buy you freedom. And with freedom comes the chance to play. Sarah and I were so young when we married. Well, Sarah was even bloody younger than he was. Um, And when all this was happening, it was like I was going through my adolescence. So he said he had an affair and fun with the kittens. So that's how he referred to. Oh, I know. This is confirming all my initial thoughts about Andrew and, Lloyd and Webber. This stuff's in a book. This is not like... He said this. That's it's why I don't like it. He's this down. <laughs> this has been looked at by an editor. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the kittens. Um, Andrew, you sure you want to keep in the bit where you call them kittens? Yep, yep. That Definitely keep that in. That's great. Oh, my gosh. He said that he liked to entertain the cat. So, and I, Vicky, I don't know whether this is the same house that you visited, but let, if, if any of this sort of like brings back memories, mm. let me know. He said he entertained the cast in his jacuzzi at his beloved Sidmonton Court. Sidmonton Court, Sidmonton Court, <laughs> yeah. where I've been. And that does explain why there are always swimming costumes in all sizes, just in case you want to get in. Oh my God, did you have to go in the jacuzzi? No, 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 no. Oh, but, okay. But there, was, there was a pool house and if you just fancied a dip, you could just choose a random, random. I think you made costume. a wise move I would have, move I would have to that. guess that he probably had at least eighty pieces of swimwear. 
Did oh you see the jacuzzi? <laughs> did, you, did you have eyes on the jacuzzi at any time? I didn't actually see a jacuzzi. I saw a pool, though. Because they're I quite small. So to have him say the cast of cats, which I've seen live, it's a pretty fucking big cast. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so the yeah, idea that he could fit also, a lot of them in. But there's a theatre on this premises. This is a, it's an estate. Grounds and a big old mansion uh, thing and a church. Oh, and I, a... I feel like he thinks of himself as like a theatre version of Hugh Hefner. I'm getting oh, that yeah, vibe yeah, yeah. from him. <laughs> The Grosho, but Bonnie Langford's there. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm, 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 I'm up for. Um, Same here. <laughs> he said, nobody batted an eyelid about stripping off. It was much more about fun and loud music than a Bacchanalian orgy. Uh... Okay. Fine. <laughs> that, go, fine then. Uh, so it was like a load Sarah? of people stripping <laughs> off in the jacuzzi dancing to Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I wonder what this loud music was. Is it just his music? <laughs> okay, so we have to, you know, he's at his Peter Stringfellow period. Oh. But, uh, oh, there's somebody on on the hill. Trouble is a coming. And he sort of, we get sort of a hint of what's to come through the wise words of Arlene Phillips because oh. he said he was talking to Arlene Phillips and she said there's a girl in hot gossip who's going to change your life she has a voice from heaven her name is Sarah Brightman mm, there we I are love, I love those 80s dance groups I, I think I think we don't have enough of them like Pam's people and oh. uh, the, the roly polies Bruno Tonioli was in hot gossip fun fact Hot Gossip, I suppose, is the 80s equivalent of, um, what was that group that everyone was in that had, like, loads and loads, like a... Blazing remote? Squad. Blazing Squad. I think Hot Gossip is basically uh, the dance <laughs> the dance version of the Blazing Squad. <laughs> I'm sure exactly what those boys thought when they put together Blazing Squad as well. Exactly. They thought, this is this is Pan's people for the, the naughty for, for the young generation. <laughs> Everybody's in Lycra. Yeah. <laughs> So who is Sarah Brightman? So from the age of three, she started doing dance and piano lessons. Mm. She began her professional career at 13. And look, what I like about Sarah is she is very comfortable telling you how good she is. So this is from an interview where she was asked about what it was like growing up. If you know you have a great gift, you have to follow it. I was very gifted and there was a lot of jealousy. She said she went to boarding school when she was at 11, but she hated it. I was in a small room with two bunks in it and I cried continually and I went to the loo every hour. I just wanted to go home. She said that the girls used to make her life really difficult and teased her because I was so gifted, because I had a voice and I was a good dancer. So there was a lot of jealousy. <laughs> so she was gifted. <laughs> she said that she found that one word and just really ramming that and went home. Gifted. It's gifted. <laughs> it wasn't even me, guys. I was I was just given this gift. I have nothing to do with it, actually. I don't think everyone hates you because you're gifted, Sarah. So you keep walking around the school saying, I'm gifted. That's why they hate you. It's <laughs> a difference. <laughs> so she's, you know, she was a, a working dancer and singer from a very young age. Then she joined Pants People. She had her own solo single with some titles as Not Having That! Exclamation mark. Love and it. a cover of the song My Boyfriend's Back. Then at age 18, she gets married to a German music producer, Andrew Graham Stewart. So then in 1981, she meets her second Andrew for the first time. Uh, when she, this she, is weird. <laughs> just, I think Andrew met German Andrew and said, hey, I like yours, like mine. Want to swap seats? Cool. And we've all just let it happen. <laughs> So she auditions for the musical Cats and this is how Andrew describes this iconic mm -hmm. moment. He said, it was a surprise when she wanted to audition as she was a pop name with a big hit with Starship Trooper under her belt. A private meeting was arranged in my London flash. She arrived wearing a blue wig, which may be the reason why I played Don't Rain on My Parade so appallingly for her. I thought she had a nice voice, but that was about it. I'm pretty sure there are warnings that you shouldn't go to auditions in people's houses. 
Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure if you're going to if you're going to audition for a show and someone said no, in just a private flat, pop over my flat and sing "Don't Rain on My Parade." Go on, don't yeah. tell me that. I no, I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think she should be doing that at all. Yeah, but, I agree. But, I agree. I thought I thought the same. The minute she said private flat, I was like, oh, how's the story going to end? <laughs> I was are, we, are we missing the blue wig part of it? Maybe that's I mean, that, her way of putting the them off her. No, in this situation, that's not the most it's problematic not. piece of it. In this. Sarah's as wacky, that's what she did. Yeah. But also, I mean, it's Cats, isn't it? Well, so I yeah. If it was the first production of Cats, you don't really, uh, you, you wouldn't really know what you were going to expect because obviously we see Cats with the, the Oh, iconic, I suppose you're right. Yeah, yeah. Like, But I, it won't have been designed at that point, so. Maybe um, it was based on her blue wig. Maybe she's inspired the looks. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> So she gets the part. Well, she gets a part in the chorus, basically. But she's he's just kind of like, oh, yeah, she's a good dancer. Oh, so she whatever. I, I thought this was like a movie. She'd get the lead immediately. No, 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 no. So he's like, yeah, whatever. I'm like Andrew Lloyd Webber. I'm not that bothered. But mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. she leaves the cast and she gets cast in another musical. And she gets amazing reviews. And, and in, you know, his interest is piqued by all these incredible reviews. So he goes to see this other play that she's in. It was a children's opera called Nightingale. And this is how he describes seeing her on stage. I was polaxed by a captivating soprano voice and magnetic stage presence. Afterwards, I aimed for her dressing room, which she was sharing with both a hamster she was looking after for some sibling or other, and with Mike Moran, a sought-after keyboard player. They were clearly an item and were going back into town to the Zanzibar Club. Sarah suggested I join them, and I did. A split-second decision that changed my life. Wow, Andrew, okay. So this is quite like... He's smitten. He's a smitten... Kitten. Kitten, yep. Well done. So what happens at the Zanzibar Club? At the Zanzibar Club, I discovered that Sarah's real ambition was not to dance, but to sing. She told me she was married to the son of an eminent brain surgeon. However, marriage hadn't stopped her from having an affair with one of the cat's keyboard players. Sarah was fondling Mike's hand. Clearly, she liked keyboard players with flying digits. Oh, anyone, oh. anyone that uses the digits what? is for doctors digits. only. Okay, so obviously it's coming across maybe a little bit like 80s standards at the moment, but mm. there's still like, <laughs> there's something still glamour, you know, that she's this... Grania's reaching, guys. She's trying. <laughs> she's <laughs> no, going to make this, this romantic. <laughs> she's this chorus girl and she's got this beautiful voice and he's this like hot composer, as in like a successful composer. And he sort of sees her on stage and he's like, wow, I'm going to make you a star. Do you ever hear Sarah talk about how why she fell in love with him? Because I get why he fell for her. I think like you just said, Grogna, you know, she's the ingenue new thing on the scene, the new hot show girl. I get that. But so she what's does in say, it for Sarah? So she she says in interviews, I found some interviews when they were still together, spoiler alert. And she said, <laughs> He has the most beautiful eyes. He's great with women. He makes them feel really good about themselves. So maybe he did. Maybe he did it just as you said, Grania. He just sort of showered her with lots of compliments. Mm. Maybe she was missing that from her, from her other Andrew. So do we want to hear about their little Italian mini break where they realised they were <laughs> meant to be together? Yes. Settle in. This <laughs> is like Jack and Ori, but it's not Jack and Ori. Um, <laughs> our relationship was sealed on a brief trip together to northern Italy where Cupid beckoned on an autostrada in the sheeting rain. We are driving from Milan to the coast, and I planned to stop off for a decent lunch en route. But the rain was so gruesome that the autostrada was virtually closed, and there is nothing for it but to stop in a motor cafe. We talked about music, we talked about each other, and we fell in love over plates of congealed cacciatori. That is, that's very rom-com. Sarah wore a white miniskirt that elicited whistles from windows of houses I swore were uninhabited. I was somewhat embarrassed, even more so than I had been by the astonishing white fur coat that she had worn on the plane over. But I loved talking music with Sarah, and yes, of course, I loved the vicarious looks I got from waiters in our deserted hotel, and of course, I loved the sex. <laughs> God, Super. Andrew. Super. Well, do you know what, though? Why not, eh? Why not just say it? 
Why not just say it? I, I hear you. There's something about the bluntness of it. At least he put it out there. Yeah. He's not hiding behind innuendo. He's just saying it. I like shagging her. I just love imagine like little Andrew Lloyd, Lloyd Webber, like this little nerdy little boy. He's probably in my head, like <laughs> really about five is. foot two. And he's sat on the train and then Sarah Brightman arrives and she's in a big white fur coat. Yeah, imagine like platform knee high boots as well. Like a big yeah. fur coat and wearing a white mini skirt. And they're like <laughs> and Brian May hair. Huge I'm just, hair. I'm just being like, all right, all right, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> So then they, it's it's crunch time. They have to decide what they're going to do. Yeah, because they're both still married at this point, they're am I right? They're both married. They're both married. And he said, in truth, it wasn't so much a proposal as that we're in love, we're both married. What the F do we do about it? Mm. So doesn't we, at this point, sorry, doesn't, doesn't this point Andrew also have two children? Oh, he's got two children, yeah. Oh, yikes. God, this is going yeah. to be gross. Who are, who are five and three. And this oh, woman's got it. She's still got to be in her early twenties or something. Yeah, surely. Just, I mean, and she cried on her honeymoon. So Sarah she cried one, on her honeymoon. Really rough time. And she's got two under five. He's fucked <laughs> off on holiday with someone else. Oh God, <laughs> poor Sarah. One point oh. <laughs> Sending vibes to you right now, wherever you are, Sarah. Yeah. I hope. We, I hope. We, I hope she did well out of this somehow. Go on. So we decided that Sarah, we assume Sarah too, would meet my mother. Then I would meet her okay. parents, and if we'd survived the test, I would break the news to my first Sarah. Got it, got it, okay. Oh, God, imagine being told by your husband, oh, I want to dump you for someone else who's already met and been approved of by my parents. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think that's you're not the, the right way around. Yeah. Get divorced first. And also, you're a grown man, mate. Just do it or don't do it. What's he, oh, mommy doesn't like you, never mind. I mean, what's he going to do? What a little wimp. And then he says, by the way, it wasn't our fault that Sarah and I fell in love. We talked no. and talked about what we should do about it. And in the end, I drew a line down a piece of paper and put on one side pros and the other side cons. Oh, of a classic. Side. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> well done. Louise. Well done, mate. He literally is like a 15-year-old. Yeah, yeah. He probably is. <laughs> pros, boobs, cons, no boobs. <laughs> <laughs> And the pros came out only just ahead. But it was from that that I decided to tell my wife. Why is he this in a A worthwhile exercise then. Great. Glad you worked that through. Doesn't he? So this is how he describes telling his wife. If someone can be both devastated yet resigned at the same time, that's what Sarah was. Sarah even suggested that she turned a blind eye and let me lead a double life to keep the marriage intact. But I couldn't lead my life like that so they both got divorced to their respective partners and then so and i i just love this for the 80s show business of it all uh-huh. how did they announce to the world that they had got married oh i know the answer to this okay no, tell they, so, so i see. think i think they didn't tell anyone and mm-hmm. I think they got married in secret. Mm-hmm. And I think there were, it was a press night or something. Something like that. There's a press night. And Star- the Queen. Starlight Express. Oh, Starlight Express press God. night. Royalty in, Queen in, something like that. Or Charles yep. Dye. Char- Charles Dye, Duke of Edinburgh, the Queen. Full set, full house. Full set, yeah. Um, yeah, they're all in. And you, ca- and you can't, there's some, some rule. You, he wouldn't, you can't introduce a mistress to the Queen. And he, introduced, and he introduced Sarah, thus telling the world that they were, in fact, married. Oh, God. Oh, it's so lame. <laughs> it's very showbiz, it's though. So the, fact, the fact that Charles and Di are there, you know, that's right that's the just, irony. That, that, that's, your, that's your 80s bingo. Honestly, do you there, think Sarah done. and Diana just exchanged looks like, do you need help? Blink twice if you need help as well. Like, how do we get out of this? <laughs> So they're together. They are the ultimate 80s musical theatre power couple. Does not get more glamorous. <laughs> are they the only one? It sounds like the pyramid of them at the top. They're in. <laughs> so, Vicky, what I want to do, mm. go on a little like a thought experiment journey with us. Your phone's going. Now, you can choose to be the age you are now or the age you are then. Probably yeah. more fun if you're the age you are now. It's Andrew and it's Sarah Brightman. It's 19, I'm going to say like 1985. They're heading out for a night on the town. They're inviting you along. What do you imagine that being like? Oh, I'd imagine it's it's something very showbiz. It's the IB or it's Jay Sheikis. You know, mm. you, know you, you, you know that, you know, that fish place. Like, you know, one of those like dodgy, uh, like 
there's velvet everywhere. Yeah, lots yeah. of or, um, or underneath the Phoenix Theatre, it used to be called Shuttlewoods. Oh. Um, you know, you know, one of those, or Balans uh, after a show. That's what I think it's like. That's what I think it's like. I think there's uh, champagne and fish. I bet he talks relentless shop. And I also bet he talks a lot about his own box office, his own box office numbers. Yep. How long shows are running for? I bet he talks shop. All I bet the you're. Time. To- I bet him and Sarah, because he keeps saying, Grania, when you read from his book, it's we love discussing music. We love. I bet that's all they did. Yeah. So Sarah, mm-hmm. like, she's a former Pan's People gal. Is yeah, she? She's been around. Is she like up on the dance floor? Is she just sat beside? What do you see? What do you think their couple well, vibe I is? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's I, I don't really. It's hard to gauge actually because, like, he obviously he's fam- he famously wrote Friends with the Opera for her, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like, is is she someone that that once they got together, she was very much like, oh, I'm 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 going to sit here and know my place, or is she, you know, still giving it the pants people on on the dance floor? I would say it's probably like she's now behaving in a sort of we are showbiz royalty. I don't need to, I don't need to get me my, my dusters out and um, do a turn. Yeah. Do you head to to a show, or do you think do you stay in the bar? What do you think happens next? Oh, I, I think they'll be in a corner of a members club. It, it, it will be, you know, it's, it's... I agree. Yeah, it's it's they're not out there. It's all very, oh, look at us being all famous and private. Yeah, they want to show exclusive their it's life the, Yeah, it's the equivalent of uh, Harry and Meghan in 7016 Street Soho House. Yeah. That's, you know... Well, so around this time, so when they get married, Sarah then goes, starts quite intense operatic voice lessons. And she really like develops this talent that she's been burdened this with this tr- <laughs> terrible burden that she has her incredible talent, and and then in 1986, so this is two years after they're officially a couple after mm-hmm. they got married, she debuts on the West End stage in The Phantom of the Opera, which is you know a musical all about this like beautiful operatic angel woman who uh, is strangely attracted to this grotesque gargoyle of a man who provides it's Beauty and the Beast it's basically Beauty and the Beast <laughs> it's 100% and, and Beauty and the Beast that's all he did doesn't he see himself as doesn't he see himself as the phantom the tortured the tortured soul isn't that what he dresses himself and it's literally meant to be that I think you're right. yeah. yeah and 100%. there's something quite like uh, oh, I don't know like porny about like he's like sing for me sing yeah. for me and she's like yeah. Ah. yeah it's a lot it's a lot <laughs> it is a lot that, that note that note is uh, it's, what's, it's, it's E6 or a super E and it's literally like a couple of tones away from what dogs only can hear it's like why <laughs> why anyone why anyone really like, it's just, it, it is just showing off it doesn't need yeah. nobody needs to hear that it's not necessary it's not it's not necessary and then, controversially, in 1988, he then takes the show to Broadway. Mm. And because there's strict rules that the American version of equity have on Broadway, that you can't just, unless somebody is like a famous like household name, you can't cast somebody, in, a, a foreigner in a part that an American could play. Mm-hmm. So he... He had to promise to cast an American in a West End production just so Sarah could play the part on Broadway. Yeah, it, it, it still happens. It's a swap. You have to negotiate. You have to broker a swap. But it was like a big, and there was a lot of controversy at the time. There was sort of a backlash against her because people said that she wasn't a very strong actor Oops. and Uh-oh. that it was very much like he just was pushing his hot young yeah. wife. But, but why not, eh? You've married him, so... But then, something out of this. obviously, problems were there because two years after, oh her, wow, her so quick. Wait, two years after January the third, nineteen ninety, the split of Sarah Brightman and Andrew Lloyd Webber is announced. Oh wow, so that really was. It was like four or five years. It was like nothing. Yep. Sarah reacted to the news by saying, "It is not something I either wish for or sought." Adding, I believe I can continue to have a professional association with Andrew. Okay. Did she? Did she? Did, 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 <laughs> well, she, did he? We'll come to this. But Vicky, what do you think happened? 
you know, they were the Brad and Angelina of modern, Grania. you know. <laughs> they were not the Brad and Angelina of anything. <laughs> I think it's tricky because because you can never have, there'll be no equality in that relationship. He has high status and has control and has control over hiring and firing his wife, has control, you know, like, Do you think she he, just sort of realised that? Like, I'm never going to get... I don't know. Like, did he did he recast? Did he give a role to somebody else? Is he not right? Because presumably in that time, uh, what was after Phantom, there's probably other work, isn't there? I'm trying to think what was next. Joseph? So, aspects uh, of Love. Was aspects the next... of Love. Yeah, and so did he not cast her or something? Is he giving somebody else a job? It, you know, how, how do you explain to your wife that there's you know, another, another, another young Sarah coming up? <laughs> yeah. Sarah 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you think that maybe, because it was very, okay, I can see Chantal looking at it. It was a very glamorous for its time relationship. And do you think they were like a power couple? And do you think that maybe the novelty of being a power couple sort of ran yeah, in? Yeah, sounds or... like it. Probably, because they probably had some, you know, they probably worked on like loads of really tremendously exciting stuff. Like being in Cats, being in Phantom, going Phantom on Broadway. Like that that stuff is really exciting. And, and they were so when... massive, those things. It's like it's hard to believe yeah. now. And, and she had new, like, but... she was a pop star. She had number one hit from yeah. the shows, you know. And, and then what? Then, then what do you do? It, it probably sort of maybe fizzled out and yeah. didn't have, wasn't exciting. Or maybe he found someone else. You know, he's, he's got a pattern, hasn't he? Every five, five years from marriage, yeah. last one, five years to the next one. Maybe it took her five years to go, wait, 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 you just write the melodies and you get yeah. your name? What? what? You just weird. wrote, da 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 I love that. I love that she calls herself that EP. What do you think the EP? Um, what do you think the EP made of all this? I don't know. Was she mean? I bet she was mean. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. What's she saying? She had opinions. I bet she was like, "Oh well, the chorus girl's gone." <laughs> oh, amazing. That's so good. Because, because I, I imagine that the because obviously Elaine Page is another big eighty star at pop, you know, with pop with pop stuff as well. Because back then you don't get many musical theatre stars doing pop pop crossovers. But yeah. you know, yeah. Elaine did. I know him so well, and you know, so I bet Elaine was and I bet Elaine was really fighting for that eighties crown actually, yeah. and probably saw saw Sarah, Sarah Brightman as, as someone that basically uh, shagged her way to uh, Christine. You know, um... I love it—the musical theater drama of it all. Yeah, yeah. She she was just like rigging up what Michael Ball and be like, "Hey, Michael, ding dong, the witch is dead." <laughs> <laughs> so here, there obviously there's rumors about what happened. So a theory behind the breakup is that kind of, but this is true. A theory behind the breakup is that Brightman lacked the horse sensuality, and that as Andrew Lloyd Webber became more sort of like established and he went from being like the young scrappy kid to like the the bastion of you know British theatre and he had his house and he's like you know supporting the Tory party that he wanted a more sort of a suitable partner who would live up to the country square lifestyle that he now aspired to. So she wasn't like hot enough, basically. I mean, sorry, not hot enough, posh enough. She wasn't posh yeah, enough. Yeah, like sort of like horsey posh. Well, it does. It does explain the horse. Stuff it explains the horse it, stuff. 100%. It explains the horse stuff at Sidmonton. Every day he went on, like, do you describe the horse and hound? You're race in race horses. Yeah. There you um, go. yeah. So this is what Andrew said. He said Sarah's work meant she was incre- increasingly away from home. Less than two years into her marriage, there was often no one to come home to. Oh yeah, they just. Started doing too much when they got married. This was never going to last. Do you know what? I'm actually surprised. I, I would have presumed that that this big house, Sidmonds and Court. Mm. I it sounds like from this this account that he had he's had that since he was his early twenties. Yeah. And honestly, it's an estate. It's 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 obscene. How on even with like one or two successful musicals? Yeah. How did he afford all that? Yeah. You know, his, his first his early stuff must have done well. It's well all those good. It's all those good contracts, Vicky. He's good at writing the contracts. He's very good. Very good at writing contracts. Or maybe he got it at a good price. Yeah. You know what I mean, minor oh. business. I'm telling you. God. Yeah. I would have. I would have thought he'd have moved into it. What? Twenty years ago at best. Yeah. But no, that's, that's it. 
That's wild. Who's probably married to an 18 year old. (laughs) In his little cravat, smoking his pipe. Um, So Sarah said, um, Sarah Brightman said, I can't be a wife. I'm not that sort of person. Wives have to compromise all the time. I knew I had a gift and I had to follow that gift. I wrapped myself in cotton wool and did what I... (laughs) (laughs) And I wrapped myself in cotton wool and did what I had to do. I tried to do both, but couldn't make it work. I just hope that when Sarah Brightman leaves this earth... On her epitaph, it just says Sarah Brightman, a gift. That's all it should say on her epitaph. Or, or, or just, gifted. just gifted. Just gifted. To Sarah Brightman, <laughs> she, she was gifted. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag gifted. Yeah, hashtag but she, gifted. Doesn't really know, she doesn't really know what it means in, yeah, in she modern. Won't get that. Uh, modern. <laughs> and then here's maybe another clue about why maybe there's cracks in the relationship. This is again from Andrew's book. In truth, I never had a high sex drive. Never had a load of affairs. And not an awful lot of when sex drive goes into the music anyway. There are times when a lot of people go to bed saying, "Okay, darling, let's have some sex tonight." But I'm more likely <laughs> no, to say, "No, there isn't, Andrew. No one ever says that. No okay, one has well, ever said that." First of all, it, earlier in the book, you said that you loved the sex with yes. Sarah, and you had an affair with Sarah. Does he just say that no one reads the book in one go? So I just forget. <laughs> so he says, "I'm more likely to say." I'm awfully sorry, darling. I've got this fantastic tune in my head and I'll see you when I've finished it. <laughs> I mean, I, I say that to my husband all the time. That is my main reason. That's and my you main guys reason. Are stuck I'm together. Like, uh, yeah, I'm like, I would have sex, but I've got this fantastic tune in my head. <laughs> um, Darn. Next time, I promise. <laughs> So Andrew, very quickly after he divorced Sarah, got married mm-hmm. to Madeline Gordon. She's a top-notch equestrian. He's a friend of Princess Anne. Ooh. And they have three children and wow. are still very much together. Uh, where Sarah went on to have a 10-year relationship with Frank Peterson, a music producer. And then wow, I think- he's jumped straight in and never he's just never been single really, has he? He's a, he's a serial monogamous. That's bananas, yeah. So um, two children with the first wife, two children with the third wife. Yeah. Yeah. Bookends. So this I'll just sort of finish on this sort of final quote from from Andrew about Sarah. She's a girl who wants to perform around the world. She isn't a one man woman. She's Sarah, he says, rolling his eyes in mock exasperation. I can only smile. She and I should never really have got married, but at the same time. He grins like a Cheshire cat, which I suppose means he's glad they they did. This summer, she visited him at his home in Mallorca. And then Andrew continues. There's this wonderful moment in Love Never Dies. That's the musical oh, he wrote God. as a sequel to The Phantom. That's a sequel. Where Christine meets the Phantom again after all that time. And she's thinking, oh my God, I'm seeing the man who I absolutely never want to see again. Except, oh my God, I'm glad I've seen him. That's the thing, Andrew says. Love never does die. Hmm. He always tries to put like what women are thinking on the page. <laughs> it was never I thought when I saw her, Love Never Dies. Oh, she came in and she, like Christine, saw me and she knew that I was still amazing. Like, no, she didn't. <laughs> so we come to sort of the big question that our hmm. whole podcast is based around. Yes. In the breakup between Sarah Brightman and Andrew Lloyd Webber breakups are nuanced and blah 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 but in every breakup there is a winner there is a loser there's one you're happy for there's one you're worried about who do you think won the great split between Andrew and Sarah who thrived who simply survived it's hard to say that Andrew Lloyd Webber didn't thrive because he did I mean he's he's struggling with his most recent shows but I don't think that's because of Sarah (laughs) Brightman. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> From but 90s on, he, he was pretty big like, in the 90s. And Sarah's wandering around in her, she's always wearing a strapless ball gown. And she's she always, looks good. She look looks amazing. She was nearly in Great space hair. a few years ago. She's always like singing these sort of Enya electro pop yep. songs. I think it has to be Andrew. Mm. Although. He might have just because I think potentially Andrew about his height of his fame probably was when he was with Sarah writing those shows. Yes, yes. And, and off the back of that, has He's he just back. survived? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Has he just ticked along? Because I don't think yeah. he's had. He's not had a big Starlight Express. 
you know, we, we had school. But then school he's had with... all the, um, then, he's a, then he's had all the TV shows where he's like a judge, like solving a problem, Mike Marie, all that stuff. I never watched yeah. any of that, but I know he had But it. think of the potential. Think of what he expected his it's life true. to be like. It was not going to be a reality judge. He thought he was going true. to be like the next Beethoven. Are you saying Sarah Brightman is one? Is one? <laughs> uh, no, yes. <laughs> I'm saying Android fortunately won, even though I am not team Android any stretch. But I am going to say, I think in the grand scheme of things, Andrew Lloyd Webber has thrived. I don't but, know. But I, you, I, you could both, you could disagree with me. School of Rock is very good. Bad Cinderella exists. Um, and so, <laughs> it's hard to say that he survived actually i think he thrived yeah, he didn't thrived. he thrived and uh, do you know what she needs to bring back hot gossip we we need to we need to <laughs> yes. we need we need a revival that hot do you know what do you know what hot hot gossip need to play uh mighty hoopla you know that yeah that you know that yeah that yeah yeah 100 yeah, yeah i, I want to see hot gossip so yeah okay. I, uh, i'd go watch him i'd watch I, him 100 uh, bruno tonioni Get the Do it. If you got Herman Bruno, that'd be a hot <laughs> ticket. I'd be into it. So uh, wait, I can't. Uh, Andrew has thrived. thrived. Yeah, he's thrived. But Sarah winner. has survived Bush. She's <laughs> a girl's girl. Yeah, she's yeah. a girl's girl. Yeah. We're always and team she, Sarah, she but she's just hot. Yeah, amazing, she does look great. Amazing. Amazing. Well, but unfortunately, Andrew still won. <laughs> yeah, he won. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Before we let you go, Vicky, we've got one more very important question for you. We do have one okay. more question for you, Vicky. Cast your mind aside from Andrew and Sarah. Get rid of them. And now focus, because there's a woman out there who, even though at the moment she seems to be in a relationship that, by the way, we need to discuss, Squires, I'm a bit worried about it. But, but generally speaking, legally, she is still a single woman. And we think she doesn't need to be loved, but deserves to be loved by someone at her level. So can you think of someone to be with? The one, the only, Cher. Ooh. Hmm. I'm not very good about knowing who is single, but I feel like it wants Single's someone... not an issue. Oh, it's someone bit... like Tom Jones. Ooh. Oh, you know I mean? Tom Jones is a good one. Yeah, I feel like very she needs good. a I feel like she needs a legend. She needs yeah. a legend. You, I you like don't that. Anyone less than a legend. I've um, never thought of Tom Jones before, but that yeah. really would be a good match. Because yeah. I think he's quite voices. grounded. He's grounded. Yeah, he's he'd quite be like, grounded, but he'd get yeah, it. Come, come on, share, share love. We're heading... I can't do a Welsh accent. We're, we're heading to the pub. Exactly. <laughs> share love. Why don't you do that one woman West Side Story again? <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's good. Because, <laughs> really yeah, like... I, I, you know, to tour that share, I'd, I'd come. <laughs> I like that. That is a good... And I came straight from the gut as well. Yeah, I feel like that you. was a good one. They probably already met in the seventies. They had a bit of a something, something anyway. Yeah. So it's exactly. like a rekindling. Exactly. Be a real like Fernando moment in Mamma Mia too. <laughs> totally. Yes. <laughs> yes, it would. Yes. Why yes, and, and actually, she she would be well. She would be good with Piers Brosnan in in uh, oh. in Mamma Mia too. Just oh. keeping you know. it Welsh. Keeping it Welsh. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Piers Brosnan's Irish. Rugged man. Oh no, Brosnan's Irish, isn't he? Is he? Yes, he's you from the know, same I town as me. Oh my god, that's another. That's another. Well, I did that. out. thanks very much. Well, not take <laughs> Pierce Brosnan slander. <laughs> I didn't say English. I didn't say English. I knew he wasn't it's English. True. So look on the bright side. He's Irish. <laughs> Sorry, you had to see that, Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to laugh that off. Ha ha ha! And then I was like, no, actually, um, I think I need to correct that. <laughs> Oh well. Take an Irishman <laughs> away from her. Oh she loses my it. God. Do you know what's so funny? This is like, so he's got a cousin who still lives in Navin, and my mum is like, and he's better looking than Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> of course he is. Of course he is. He should have been the famous one, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you so much, Vicky. That was a great couple. So Thanks what for having an experience I had. That was amazing. Look thank at you. all the. And I had to edit. There was so much. So many mad things. It was amazing. Like Where can so our listeners find more of you? Uh, the internet. The internet, <laughs> you say? Get on okay, okay. Keep talking. And, you know, the places. I've got lots of shows coming out this year. Lots of shows oh, coming out. Oh, fantastic. And a couple of musicals. I've got a musical on Spotify. Oh, which, what, or, or on... what, what, what musical? Tell us uh, about this. It's called Zoological Society, and it's a musical set in a zoo, to, from the point of view of the animals in the zoo. 
adults. For adults, it's it's a sort of it's one of those shows that is you know a little bit little bit racy. A little bit pants people. 14 plus, you know. Oh, Oh, nice. Watch out. (laughs) Yeah. Love it. Oh, thank you so much. Indeed. A a musical theatre legend talking about other legends. That's great stuff. The Way They Were is an Amanda Redman production produced by Abby Weaver and Amanda Redman. We want to hear your celebrity couple crush. So, Email us on thewaytheywerepod at gmail.com. Or find us on Twitter at thewaytheywerepod and we're on Instagram at thewaytheywerepodcast. Thanks to you for listening. Until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye. The, the way, way they were. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.